Praise God. It's great to be here. Um, if you've got a Bible, let's just uh, jump straight into God's Word. Um, and um, I'm going to read from Psalm 6. Let's start there. Um, just got a couple of things just to let you know about the, um, the ministry that I oversee Generation Builders are doing in partnership um, with Revive Church. Uh, we mentioned yesterday at the uh, missions conference um, that in November this year, uh, we want to take a team uh, from Revive on mission to Mexico. Um, so if anybody uh, wants an adventure, if anybody likes Mexican food, um, then come along. We're going to have an incredible time. Uh, we're going for one week uh, with probably a day um, extra just for traveling. And uh, morning and evening, we're going to be holding revival services in some fairly large churches out there. And uh, anybody who comes on the mission, there'll be opportunities in those meetings for you to share testimonies. I'll preach the gospel. People get saved. And then there'll be hundreds of people who we will loose you on uh, to pray for them for healing, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It'll just be a real powerful, exciting time. So up on the, uh, the balcony, uh, there's, a, there's a form there. This isn't to sign up to say you definitely want to do it. Uh, it's just look, you may be interested in it. So if you think, yeah, that's something that I may be interested in, you're a member of Revive, just put your name, your details on that form. In the next couple of weeks, we'll contact you. We'll let you know the exact dates, the exact amount that it's going to cost. And uh, I'm sure if you come along, you're going to have an incredible time. Um, also, um, every two months, um, we've started putting on um, some revival services on Saturday nights at the building on Bridlington Avenue. We have the first one in January. And uh, these are nights just where the whole, we, we, there's no kind of restrictions or limit or format or program or anything like that. They're just nights where God can do whatever he wants to do. Nights to encounter his power and his presence. Uh, we had the first one in January. We had probably about seven or eight churches come. Uh, we had about 120 people there. Uh, we just had an incredible time. And uh, the next one is on Saturday, the 28th of March, um, 7 p.m. at Bridlington Avenue. It's the day after I fly back from three weeks ministering every day in Argentina. Uh, so physically, I'll be dead. Uh, but spiritually, uh, I know that we'll have some incredible testimonies of what God's done. So that's going to be a powerful night. So uh, it'll be on the website and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, that, that's a couple of things that are coming up. Also on the balcony there, we've got a table with some uh, ministry products that you can have a look at at the end, some teaching CDs, uh, some revival wristbands, and uh, uh, sign up for the newsletter and, and other stuff as well. So check that out at the end. Okay, let's get into God's Word. Let's just pray. Father, we pray today that this morning will be a morning of healing, that this will be a morning where through your Holy Spirit, you would come and touch people and bring healing and restoration into people's bodies, into people's souls, into people's lives and families and circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Psalm 6, um, this is a nice, cheerful passage of Scripture uh, to start us off with this morning. Psalm 6, verse 2, it says, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. Oh, Lord, heal me. For my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, oh Lord, how long? Praise God. Been great to be here this morning. Um, don't worry, it's going to get better. Uh, verse 4. Turn, O oh Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you 
when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow as they fail because of all my foes. I'm not going to read any more because it's a bit depressing. Um, would you agree here that the writer of this psalm is in need of healing? He certainly is. And what I want us to notice is that there's two areas of his life where he needs healing. The first thing that he talks about, he says, heal me for my bones are in agony. Now, we don't know exactly what's wrong with him, but it seems clear that he is suffering from some kind of physical sickness, illness, disease, something that is physically causing him pain. Maybe that relates to somebody here today. Maybe you've got some kind of sickness or illness or, or disease, something that's affecting you physically and you need healing this morning. But I also want you to notice this, that he then goes on to say, my soul is in anguish, Lord. Now the soul is speaking about his mind. It's speaking about his emotions. So not only is he in physical pain, but also he needs healing of soul. Maybe there's depression there. Maybe there's anxiety there. Maybe there's loneliness or, or fear or worry or upset or bereavement, whatever it may be. But the psalmist, he's got these two issues in his life. He needs healing physically, but he also needs healing in his mind and his emotions as well. But in the midst of that, look at, look at what he says. He says, turn, O Lord, and deliver me. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his sorrow, in the midst of his sickness, he turns to God, knowing that God is the source of his healing. And we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that because of Adam and Eve's sin is under a curse. We live in a world that's broken, that's hurting. And because of that, there is sickness, there is illness, there is pain. Because of that, there is, uh, there is psychological things and emotional things that upset us and, and bind us and, and cause us to be in all kinds of sorrow. But we've got good news this morning, that our God is a healing God. And whether it's for your soul, your mind, your emotions or your body, God is the healer. It, I, I, what I find encouraging in one sense is that this psalm is written by a guy called David, who's probably one of the most godly people in, in all the scriptures. And yet even David suffered from sickness. Even David suffered, it seems, from some kind of depression or, or some kind of emotional breakdown. It, you know, it, it's important for us to understand that even men and women of God, even born-again, spirit-filled people who love God, we, we are not immune to sickness we're not immune to pain and suffering and upset but the difference is that we're in relationship with someone who has the answer we're in relationship with someone who can set us free by his mighty word and uh, what I just want us to look at um, just uh, in the next uh, 15 minutes is just quickly seven reasons why I believe in healing Anybody believe in healing this morning? I do. And I just want to give you seven kind of headlines, as it were, as to why I believe in healing. The first one is this. I believe in healing because of the character of God. The Bible tells us in James 1 that, uh, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Your 
theology of pain and suffering and sickness and health and healing and all these kind of things is intrinsically linked with your theology of God. You see, if you believe that God is some kind of distant deity, someone who almost controls us like pieces on a chessboard, then in your theology you think that that sickness and suffering and pain, God's not really bothered about that. Or maybe God gives you those things to teach you a lesson somehow or to make you more holy. But that's not the God that I find in the Bible. The God that I read about in the Bible is our Heavenly Father. And He's a good daddy. He's a good God. You know, when when I, I pray over Judah, I never ever pray that he'll be sick tomorrow. I never ever pay, uh, pray, you know, just give him some pain so that he'll become a better person. No, I pray health over him. I pray life over him. I pray healing over him if he's not feeling well. And friends, that's just me, an earthly father. How much more does our heavenly father want to bless us with healing? Want to bless us with health? And so God is a good God. The Bible tells us that he's a God who forgives all our sins and who heals all our diseases. That is his character. I was once speaking to a a non-Christian, someone who didn't believe in God. And I found it interesting when I was telling them about miracles and healings. They said, oh, I believe in healing. I believe that people who are sick can get healed. But they said, I don't believe that God has anything to do with it. I believe it's the power of positive thinking. I've seen a documentary about it on YouTube. That people who had cancer, people who were really sick, they, 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 were so, they so filled their mind with positive thoughts that they healed themselves through the power of positive thinking. Well, that's okay, but there's just one problem with that. I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, when I'm sick... I don't feel that positive. You know, if I've got a headache, if I've got a bad back, you know, I struggle to be filled with happy thoughts. But I'm so glad that healing this morning is not dependent upon my attitude or my, me somehow working myself up to be positive. Healing is based on the goodness of God. And although my feelings may change, although my faith levels may change, although my circumstances may change, God is good all the time. And all the time He is good. And who He is never changes. And so if you're here this morning, you're sick in body, if you're hurting in soul, if you're struggling with some kind of of psychological or emotional pain this morning, know this morning that God is a good God. And that He doesn't want you to have those things to teach you a lesson. He doesn't want you to kind of go through life struggling with those things. But instead... He wants to pour good gifts into your life today. Gifts of freedom, gifts of healing, gifts of joy and peace and love and grace. So the first reason why I believe in healing is because of the character of God. The second reason why I believe in healing is because of the nature of God. God revealed himself to the children of Israel in Exodus 15. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Notice, uh, he doesn't say, I am the God who does healing. He says, I am the God who heals. What, What I mean by that is this, that healing is not what he does. Healing is who he is. It's his nature. 
It's his nature. You see, um, our function can change all the time. Right now, I'm a preacher. When I step down on, off the, the, the stage, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Our function changes all the time. But who we are never changes. If healing was God's function, then today you might not want to heal, but tomorrow he might. You, you might never know what kind of mood he's in. But healing is who he is, which means that healing is always available. So our God is a healing God. He, the Bible says that he is the great I am. I love that the Bible doesn't say he's the great I was. He's the great I am. Which means he always has been the healer. He is the healer now. And he always will be the healer in the future. The, 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 the miracles that we read about in the Bible and the Gospels. That God is the great I am. Who he was then is who he is here. In Hull. Today. This morning. In your life. Very quickly, I, uh, I apologize. Some of you may have heard this story before. I shared it at the, uh, the Bible school the other week. But about a couple of years ago, we were, um, we were ministering in a prison in Kenya. And we were preaching the gospel in this prison. And we had the joy of seeing many of the inmates in the prison uh, put their faith in Jesus and give their lives to Christ. And at the end of the meeting, we were going and we were laying hands and, and praying for the prisoners. And the Holy Spirit gave me a, a word. He gave me something to say to one of the prisoners. And so I, I was a little bit unsure, but I thought I'm going to go for it anyway. And so the word that I, I gave him was this, that God has brought you into this prison because he wanted to meet with you here. But very soon you're going to be released out of this prison. And when you're on the outside, you're going to serve God. Well, the people around me who knew this guy began to laugh. And so I said afterwards, what was so funny? They said, oh, it was so funny what you said. They said, you said that that man was going to soon be set free from prison. What you don't understand is this. That man is in prison for murder. He's got a life sentence. And in Kenya, life means life. They said, this man... There's no chance of him ever going out, being set free from this prison. He is going to die in this prison. So I thought, well, I just gave the word, you know, I'll leave it up to God. Well, a couple of weeks later, we got an email from the pastor who'd taken us in. He says, you're never going to believe what's happened. He said, because of overcrowding in the prison, the government have just randomly decided to pardon certain prisoners. And so prisoners who were in, in prison for kind of petty theft, uh, they, they were just pardoned. On, they, their names were there on this list. But for some reason that no one can explain, this man's name got on the list. And his sentence has been, has been totally squashed. And... Uh, they said the reason we know that is because on Sunday he turned up at church saying the first part of the prophecy came true. I've been set free from prison. I'm here to fulfill the second part. I'm here to serve Jesus. What can I do? And the reason that I, I'm telling you that story um, is because I'll never forget the words, what they, what they said to me. This man is going to die in this prison. But the I am stepped into his situation and set him free. And friends, you may be here today and it might be that there's a death sentence over your life. You're going to die in that pain. You're going to die uh, with that cancer. You may be in a, in a situation where emotionally and psychologically it feels like you just can't go on. 
But I want to say today that the I am can step into your prison of sickness. The I am can step into that struggling marriage. The, the, the I am can step into that uncontrollable debt like we heard earlier on. The I am can step into that prison of depression. The I am can step into that prison of loneliness. And you can be totally set free today because of the nature of God. He's a healing God. The third reason why I believe in healing, and this is, this is one of my favorites, is because of the person of Jesus. Uh, in Matthew chapter 8, there's this story. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. What a wonderful story. I love how this man in, with, with leprosy, this terrible disease, comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You see, this man didn't doubt the ability of Jesus to heal. He says, you can do it. What he, what he struggled with was, is it Jesus' will to heal? And I love how there was no delay on the, the part of Jesus. He didn't say, well, I need to think about this. I need to pray about this to find out whether it's God's will or not. Uh, he, he never said, well, how much faith have you got? He, he never said, you know, is there some sin in your life that's perhaps blocking this healing? No, he simply said, I am willing. And I believe that whenever people truly come to Jesus in faith, the answer is always the same. I am willing. That, that passage goes on in, in, in the following verses that when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand. The fever left. She got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. He drove out the spirits with the word. He healed all the sick. This was to fill, fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Notice how many, heal, how many sick people Jesus healed. He says all of them. Remember he say all? All who came to Jesus were healed. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is exactly the same as he was 2,000 years ago. And if you're sick in your body, if you need healing in your emotions, your soul, your mind, you come to Jesus today and know that what his response will be, I am willing. And all who come to him will receive that healing touch. Sometimes it may, might be immediately. Sometimes there might be a, a short delay. But all who come to Jesus receive that healing touch, that healing encounter. There's a woman there in the Bible with an issue of blood. The Bible says that she'd suffered for 12 years. But the moment she touched Jesus, the Bible says that she was made whole, complete. Anybody here need that wholeness? I believe with all my heart that God is into wholeness. Nothing broken, nothing missing. A complete whole life. And that comes the moment we touch Jesus. You touch Jesus in faith this morning and you receive that wholeness. You receive that healing. So I believe in healing, number three, because of the person of Jesus. Number four, I believe in healing because of the death of Jesus. Okay, in um, Isaiah 53, there's this amazing prophecy that the prophet Isaiah gave hundreds of years before uh, Jesus would actually come and he prophesies about the death of Jesus on the cross. He says this, surely 
He took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. Wow. Can I talk for a moment about the blood of Jesus? Because I believe that there's power in the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us that because of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, our infirmities were taken up. That word infirmity is a bit of an old-fashioned word, but it, it literally means sickness or illness. And the Bible says that because of the stripes, because of the wounds of Jesus, when he died on the cross, we can be healed. Our sickness, our sorrow, our pain can be taken away. You know, I don't know how many seen that video. It's kind of gone viral, hasn't it, the last couple of weeks where Stephen Fry launches this attack on, on God. And his argument is this age-old argument where he talks about, you know, how could a loving, kind God look on a world full of sorrow and pain and illness and, uh, and disease and not do anything? He says, this kind of God is a monster. He's a tyrant. What kind of God would look on a, on a suffering world and not do anything? But friends, God did do something. God did the greatest thing of all. He sent his one and only son to die on a cross. And the Bible tells us that, that before Jesus went to the cross, the, the Roman soldiers tied him to a post and they whipped him. And they beat him so much that his back was like a plowed field. And his blood and, and, and flesh was ripped off of his back. Friends, it may sound gruesome, but the Bible tells us that that was the price for your healing. Friends, don't tell me that God doesn't want to heal you. Look at the stripes on the back of Jesus. Don't tell me that it may not be God's will. Look at the wounds of Jesus. You see, uh, the, 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 the devil might try and get you to focus on your symptom, on your problem, on your situation. But God wants you to focus on the wounds of Jesus. That was the price of your healing. By those wounds, by those stripes, you were healed. Jesus was probably flogged 39 times by the Romans. You know, scientists have worked out that there are 39 root causes of all disease. Jesus paid the price for every disease to be healed. So I believe in healing because Jesus died on the cross. Number five, I believe in healing because of the triumph of Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us that after Jesus died and he was put in that tomb, after three days, he rose again. Do you believe that? And the Bible tells us that when he rose again, he ascended to heaven, where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he is now far above everything. He's far above everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. The Bible tells us that Jesus has all power. And all authority, as we sung earlier on, he whole, he wears the victor's crown. Jesus has triumphed. The Bible tells us that he has a name that is above every name. Friends, he's above cancer. 
He's above back pains. He's above arthritis. He's above depression. He's above any sickness, pain, infirmity, anything you may be suffering. The name of Jesus is higher than in all. The name of Jesus is greater than in all. Our Savior is not dead, but he's alive. He reigns. He's crowned with many crowns. And the Bible says he is able to save to the uttermost any who come to God through him. Number six, I believe in healing because of the reality of the Holy Spirit. You see, right now, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. But God's Holy Spirit is right here. The Bible tells us that whenever two or three gather together in the name of Jesus, God by his Spirit is here. You may not be able to feel him or sense him this morning, although some of us can. But trust me this morning, according to God's word, the Holy Spirit is right here this morning. And the Bible tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from sickness. Freedom from pain. Freedom from upset. Freedom from suffering. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as being like a river. A river that flows. And the book of Revelation, the book of Ezekiel tell us that wherever the river flows, there are trees for healing. And right now, in the river of God's presence, healing is available. Freedom is available. Joy and restoration are available. And finally, I believe in healing because of the testimony of the church. We could pass a microphone around this morning. And I know that people would have testimony after testimony that declare that our God is a healing God. We heard some from Jared earlier on. We could, Chris could get up and, and share things that he's seen with the youth here of healings, testimonies. I could tell you story after story. Just last Sunday, I was at a church in Mansfield and God gave me a word that there was someone in that meeting who had a problem with their spine. And a, a lady came and, and sure enough, she, she'd got real pain in, in, her, in her back. And as we prayed for her, she said it was like a fiery heat that went down her spinal cord and she was healed after we prayed for her. Just over a year ago, I was in Norwich and there was a lady in the meeting who had a, an illness called fibromyalgia, um, which took me a year to be able to pronounce it properly. Um, but she was in terrible pain. She couldn't walk. She'd come to the meeting in a wheelchair. She'd, been, she'd had that infirmity for 14 years. And we prayed for her and with a few moments, she was walking up and down uh, the church auditorium, totally healed. She sent an email the week after saying, I've gone horse riding. Um, I've not been able to do that in over 10 years. Our God is truly a healing God. Friends, in faith, will you come to Jesus this morning? In faith, will you put your faith and trust in the one who is the healer? Just as Phil just comes, I just want to share two final things with you. First one's a story from the Gospels. And the second one is, is a vision, actually, that I had in a prayer meeting several months ago. The story in the Gospels is this. There's a man in Matthew 9 who is totally paralyzed. And he's brought into a house where Jesus is on a mat. And Jesus says these words to him. He says, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. No one can forgive sins but God. That's what they were saying. Jesus said this, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, get up and take your mat and go home. And the man who got up and went, and the man got up and went home. 
When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God. You see, this man had two needs. Number one, he was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. But he had another need as well. The other need was this, that he had sin in his life. He'd done wrong things. And it was that sin that separated him from a relationship with his loving heavenly father. And notice that before Jesus ever healed the man's body, he addressed the area of sin in his life. And friends, it's wonderful when people get out of wheelchairs. It's wonderful when cancers disappear. It's wonderful when death ears open. But friends, the greatest miracle is when someone puts their faith in God and gives their life in, to Jesus. Because the greatest need of healing that we have is healing from ourselves from our own sin, from our own wrong choices, from that sin that traps us in guilt and shame and condemnation. But I love what Jesus said. I have authority not only to forgive sin, but to see you raised up and healed as well. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus before, I want to tell you that because of the death that Jesus died on the cross, because of his resurrection, you can come into a relationship with your heavenly father this morning. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that all the wrong things that we've done are washed away. That your name is written in the book of life. You have the guarantee of heaven. Not only that, you can live all your days here on earth as a child of God. And he promises his kids good things. Blessing, joy, wholeness, peace, all these wonderful things. And Jesus has authority to forgive sin. He has authority to give you eternal life. He has authority to give you a brand new start. To welcome you into the family of God that's called the church. But not only that, he also has the authority to say, get up and walk. And to heal you of every physical sickness, pain, illness. And he wants to address both issues in your life this morning. Finally, about a year ago, I was in a prayer meeting. And that God gave me a vision. And the vision was of a river uh, in, a, in a field. And by the river, there were pieces of pottery, like pot, uh, cups and mugs. But they'd been smashed on the floor and they'd been broken. And all by the riverbank, there were just shattered pieces of pottery. And as I looked, I thought, there's no way anyone could put them back together. They were just so broken and, and shattered. And in this vision, I saw a big hand coming down and picking up the handle of one of these cups. And as it did so, all the pieces came back together. And th there wasn't even any cracks there, like someone had glued it together. They were made totally whole. And then the, the hand got the, the cup that had, been, that had been made whole and dipped it into the river and brought out clear, crystal clear water. And God spoke to me through that and said, there are many people who feel so broken and discarded just like those cups were. You know, a broken cu uh, cup's useless. You just chuck it away. And many people feel broken and discarded. But the hand of God is a healing hand. And when he comes and touches your life, he's able to bring all those broken pieces back together. He's able to dip you into the river his presence and bring you out full of living water that's refreshing and good to the soul.
You may be here this morning, you may not be physically broken, but maybe just life has left you broken. Maybe divorce has left you broken. Maybe depression has left you broken. Maybe unemployment has left you broken. Maybe loneliness or anxiety has left you broken. Maybe debt has left you broken. Maybe there are people here and maybe you've been to a few different churches in your life and people have hurt you and you've just got, uh, got burnt out and fed up of religion. And it's like you've been discarded and thrown to one side. Friends, God wants to touch you this morning and bring all those broken pieces back together and make you whole again. Because that's what he does. He's a good God. Why don't we just bow our heads together? There may be people here this morning you've never given your life to Jesus before. And before we, we do anything, I just want to lead you in a wonderful prayer. It's the greatest prayer that you'll ever pray. It's a prayer to invite Jesus into your life. The one who has authority to forgive sin and to give you eternal life and to make you a child of God. And just to help those people along this morning, uh, I'm going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. But so you don't kind of feel awkward or embarrassed, everyone is going to say this prayer this morning. So out loud, why don't we just say these words? But if, if you've never prayed this kind of prayer before, or maybe you have oh, ages ago, but it never really made much difference in your life, it can do today. You pray this with all your heart. Father God, thank you for Jesus. I come to you today knowing that I'm broken because of my own wrong choices, that I need a saviour, and I recognise that that saviour is Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross. I believe you rose again. Come into my life. Wash away my sin by your blood. Make me a child of heaven. And give me eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, while every person's got their eyes closed, their head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, and you want to give your life to Jesus today, then some of the stewards here, they've just got a little gospel that they want to give you, just to bless you today. And so if you prayed that prayer, just as, as a sign that you want to do that, no one else is looking around, but just raise your hand right up in the air, and then you can put it down again. Is there anybody here who wants to give their life to Jesus? Just put your hand right up in the air. Just going to pause just for a few seconds. I can't see, but maybe somebody else can. Wonderful. Okay, we've got nine minutes left. Why don't we just stand together? Praise God. If anyone's not come to you and you responded to that prayer, just raise your hand and someone will come to you right now. Okay, in the final five minutes or so, Phil's going to lead us in a song. And if you're here, and you need healing in body or soul. If you're in any kind of pain, any sickness, illness, infirmity, or you're just like that broken pot that needs healing in your mind, your emotions, your soul, then I want you to just leave your seat right now. Just come and stand at the front. Myself and, and some of the leaders of the church, we're going to pray with you this morning. Come on, God's in a good mood today. <laughs>